And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Spin Rate presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. That's right. This is the mid-season edition of Spin Rate, the Athletics Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. We are I am so excited that you're all here to listen to us talk about baseball and half a season's worth and the draft, the MLB entry draft, whatever it's called. They don't call it the Rule 4 draft or anything like that. But the draft was this week. The Blue Jays had a the 19th overall pick, and we're going to talk about the, that. We're going to talk about some of the other names that may be associated with the Blue Jays here two days into the draft. Even the Home Run Derby is going on right now. It's all happening in the baseball world. And there's no person who I am better positioned to ask about the, all the happenings of the baseball world than the Athletics own. She covers the Blue Jays as a reporter, writer, columnist, journalist, you name it. Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just watching the Home Run Derby in the background here. Joey, Your boy Joey Gallo just fell out of the first round, I believe, I think. Defeated by Trevor Story, hometown boy. My my boy, Joey Gallo. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, do I actively think the Blue Jays should acquire uh, Joey Gallo? Of course. Do I stare longingly at his, fa- at his StatCast page, which features just such incredible highs and lows, <laughs> uh, like 95th percentile sprint speed and outs above average and like first percentile swinging strike? chase rate it's a delight it is a it is a a, just a a, a no place like it there is no place like it on earth so does that make him my boy maybe it does maybe i would go hard and die for the idea of acquiring joey (laughs) gal getting him away from the rangers just think about how much that will improve his outlook uh everything and and the implications of a move like that for the blue jays which you wrote about for the athletic a few weeks ago is it a, a few weeks ago now? God, it feels like it could have been mm-hmm. yesterday. It could have been last season. Nothing means anything. Uh, it, I feel like a, a, it's it's a it's a that, that in itself in itself is a run prevention move that is akin to acquiring a good pitcher. That I could I could go on and I can explain. But before I do, I mentioned a piece that Caitlin wrote. If you didn't read it yet, it's probably because you don't subscribe to the Athletic, and I think you should do that. I think you should go to theathletic.com/spinrate and sign up. They'll give you a tidy deal to subscribe to The Athletic where you can read everything that's been written about the Home Run Derby, about the draft, about the Blue Jays. You can read everything that Caitlin writes. You can read everything that Keith Law writes. You can read some of the amazing features. There was an amazing feature on Shohei Otani recently who's also participating in the Home Run Derby. You can read, and there's a really awesome feature about Ichiro. If you're having a Japanese moment like baseball, is in and of itself as it and as it always should be uh there's one place to go and that's the athletic and even if you don't subscribe to the athletic you can of course still subscribe to spin rate 
You can subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. If it is Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Overcast or Stitcher or wherever, Podbean, I don't know. All those places where people get podcasts, you can listen to us at two or even three times speed on your way to work because your work is about to open up again because here in Ontario, we're moving to stage three. So all of these things, all these moving pieces. So subscribe to the show, subscribe to The Athletic, read the things that Caitlin writes, and then tuck in and get ready for a good time because we got a lot to talk about. Caitlin, where should we start? Should we start with the draft? I need you to educate me on the draft. So this is a great opportunity. We need to talk about Gunnar Hoagland. Mm-hmm. Good name. Gun, Gunnar Hoagland. I wonder if he's uh, related to uh, uh, Jonas Hoagland, Jonas Hoagland, former great Maple, Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. I know that he is the. I, I was trying to work on a joke about the SEC and about the Blue Jays' a fixation on the SEC. I, I was I came up empty. I'll be honest. But yeah. uh, what other than that? I don't know much about him. What can you tell me? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the um, sort of the rundown on him is that he was kind of primed to have a really good college season this year. He's obviously a pitcher. I don't know if you said that. He's a a pitcher, right-hander. And, um, you know, I guess early on in the college season, it looked like he could be right behind the the Vanderbilt boys um, in terms of one of the better college pitchers. But he uh, blew out his arm, and so he had to have Tommy John surgery. And so that kind of saw him fall out of the top 10. And so I, th- I think the headline that was on the story that I wrote um, after draft night, and I guess it's sort of the headline on the pick is that the Blue Jays kind of hope they get a top 10 pick with the number 19 s- selection, right? So it's like they didn't have a pick in the top 10, but they're hoping the way that the draft fell and that he fell far enough down that they could pick him. Um, but if all things had gone right for him in his, in his um, junior year and college season, and he didn't blow out his arm, you know, potentially he would have been actually one of the first um, few uh, pitchers selected in the draft. So that's, that's kind of what they're hoping with him, you know, reading about what Keith law has written about him and a little bit of what um, the blue Jays scouting director, um, Shane Farrell told us um after the draft, gosh, what night, Sunday night, whatever night it was. Um, yes, that day was a blur. There was a lot happening for me. Anyway, um, kind of the the sort of uh, scouting report on him is that he's a pitcher that already has good control command. So he doesn't throw the hardest, um, probably kind of lives in like the 92 to 95 range fastball. Um, but he has a lot of command control. Seems like he's a bit, kind of a polished pitcher has that smooth delivery um and that maybe makes him more i guess you want to say projectable or a good good probability that he could stay a starter um less risk there with the Tommy John because he wasn't necessarily a velocity guy anyway he's not like throwing 100 and so the blue jays seem pretty confident um in making that pick that he will you know, and and now I think that a good point, and I, I think someone commented this, and maybe you could add to this too, is that like, because um, you have more perspective on this, but Tommy John used to be a fairly, um, you know, maybe risky surgery, or it could have maybe put a black mark on a pitcher, like, oh, this young pitcher already got Tommy John, and really could could have made um, teams stay away. But 
now with the advancements and it feels like, you know, I don't know what the percentage of pitchers that get Tommy John. And of course, it's still surgery. There's still risk to it. But it just feels like there's not as much risk. Like you hear pitchers getting Tommy John now and you are like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, pitcher gets Tommy John like that. That just happens a lot. So it feels like it's less of a um, red flag on a pitcher. Um even what it was a few years ago, um, you know, five, 10 years ago or whatever in the draft. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it feels sort of funny to say the Blue Jays take a guy who had Tommy John surgery this year and it's kind of somewhat of a, a not a super risky pick. I mean, there's a little bit of risk there because, you know, he had, he had the surgery. But if he comes out of that, and of course they have the advanced uh, player development complex, they have p- a whole staff of, you know, player development um, people that have worked with pitchers that have ta- had Tommy John, and they know how to deal with it, of course. Um, and so if if you're a pitcher that already had the command control in college, uh, the Blue Jays think they have ways where they could add to his pitch usage, um, maybe add a cutter or a curveball, I think is what Shane Farrell said. He already has a changeup and a slider and a fastball. Um, and so, yeah, so that was basically the rundown on the pick. But um, that kind of sums it up. I mean – it's uh it wasn't as um maybe flashy as last draft when the Blue Jays had the fifth pick overall and they saw Austin Martin drop to him them and that was um you know right place right time for them um I think overall the draft and I'm just reading what Keith Law says cuz he's obviously the expert on this but, you know, he wrote that the draft was actually quite fun this year. And I think there was a few surprise picks. I think the Royals went way off the board. I think the Orioles did something similar to what they went last year. They'll go under slot a little bit with, I think they had the fifth pick or whatever, somewhere up there. And um, and then obviously like Kumar Rocker falling down to the Mets. Like there was some surprises. And though I think actually this draft ended up being more fun. I think, I think the uh, Major League Baseball should lean into the draft a little bit more. Maybe we could talk about that. But this year, obviously, they're paired it paired it up with the All-Star game. They had them there in an arena setting, which I don't really – I mean, maybe in years past they've done that, but they haven't done that in a while. It's usually just kind of a room, and they, and it's really not a very big um, event for baseball. It's, it pales in comparison to the NBA draft and even the NHL draft and certainly the NFL draft, right? All of the, All the major sports – Um, and there's reasons for that. It's like, here's this, you know, we just picked a 17 year old. Let's see if he makes it in six years. Like it certainly doesn't, um, have the same sort of like immediate impact as the other sports do. But I do think pairing it with the all-star game, although it makes, (laughs) it makes all of our reporters schedule a little bit busier. Um, but, uh, I, I do kind of like that pairing. Anyway, I've gone on for a long time here. Sorry. It's okay. I, I think that they've been trying to make it more of a, an event. And I remember it was early, the early days of the, uh, of the, um, of MLB network. And Mike Trout was like, showed up to the draft, mm-hmm. even though he got picked kind of late in the first round because he, it was in Secaucus, New Jersey, and he's from the south end of New Jersey. And, uh, and that was, that was, I just remember that he was there that one time. But, uh, the, it's, it's interesting. It's the Blue Jays obviously got lucky, kind of like the Red Sox this year. Uh, you know, right. the, the 2020 Blue Jays with Alec Manoa sort of falling into their lap. The Red Sox had that, uh, a similar situation with a player that was kind of up high or, or, or high, uh, number, close to number one on a lot of boards fell to them. That's not necessarily going to happen at, at 
at the 19th pick as the Blue Jays had, as, as we mm-hmm. sort of alluded to or mentioned quietly off the top. But also, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where you just draft the best player that you can. And if this is a guy that the Blue Jays had kind of highlighted earlier, I saw uh, Shadi Vidi when he, in his piece, he noted that, um, that Baseball America gave his, com- his control a 70, 70 on the 20 to 80 scouting scale. And that three of his pitches were all got 55s, which is like, that's a, that's a, an above, those are three above average pitches, which is, which is really good. So I think that, that it's easy when you're, especially when you're watching the team that's on the field and you're like, Oh, what, you know, if they, they need pitching, so they should draft, like just best draft the best guy that's there when it's your turn to pick. And especially after the first few rounds where things just get really fast and furious, right? Everyone, they've got their boards and they've got their, who they like and what they're, what they're after. But you know, the, the, to go and, and, and get Gunnar Hoagland, uh, with their pick seems like a good bit of business. Maybe, you know, his, the slot value is 3.36 million. I wonder if there's, if there's any thought about him maybe being able to, or the Blue Jays being able to, for their draft pool purposes, sign him at a little bit of a lower number. Um, potentially, I'm not sure, uh, how that would work with him just because all, he also probably realizes he could have been a top 10 selection. So I'm not sure if he would want to go under slot. I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about that kind of stuff to really comment further. I I suppose the Blue Jays would like to do that because then you're, they could spread their pool money further. And they really had the third lowest, um, bonus amount this year because of not having a second round pick. So really the only teams that were below them were the Astros who didn't have the first two round picks for punishment from the sign ceiling scandal and the Dodgers um, were below them, obviously just because they're the Dodgers and they have a a low picks and stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays could do that. That would probably help them make a few more selections and, and get crafty, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. They've done that. They've done that in the past. They, I think the one that we all kind of re- remember because it was recent was with Jordan Groshans and, and Adam Kloffenstein drafting two buddies from. Um, gosh, where, where are they from? Like Mag- It's like Magnolia, Texas, or something like that. Somewhere like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. Exactly and where. and yeah. So like you know, to pick Jordan uh, Groshans twelve, I think, and he was under slot, but then Adam Kloffenstein got like two. 2.45 million or something like that in the third round, which was way above slot because he had a commitment, a pretty strong commitment somewhere. I don't remember what university it would have been, but somewhere anyway. And then you had to go to the Blue Jays organization with your, your friend from high school. So that worked out for them. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I honestly have not really actually gone back and looked what the Blue Jays completely did on day two. And um, then it wraps up on Tuesday, I guess. And uh, so we'll see. Only 20 rounds this year, so not as many rounds. Better than last year when it was only five, but not up to like 40. And I mean, I don't I don't know where that's going to go. There's less minor league teams now. So I wonder if they're going to get back up to 40 or if they're going to – it's probably going to be at the CBA negotiations coming up, right? Like that will be something that they will be talking about. I'd I'd say it's probably doubtful. It's going to get to 40 again. Yeah. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, yeah, I, uh, even on day two, the picks come fast and furious. And the Blue Jays, as you mentioned, uh, didn't have a second round pick, but they were ab- able to take, uh, what's this kid's name? Ricky Tiedemann, Tiedemann, mm-hmm. Chad Dallas, which is like 100% a made up name. Um, and Irv Carter, uh, who's a high school pitcher from Florida. I saw yeah, his reaction like. video. They yeah, so did I. It was awesome. That was it was great. so good. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, Hayden Junger, uh, another college pitcher. So the Blue Jays took five straight pitchers and then a high school outfielder named uh, Jaden Rudd from uh, Florida, a high school senior who is uh, born in 2002. (laughs) That's one thing that that's that's weird me out looking at the when these players are are (laughs) born, which is like I should have I should be more aware of that. But like like Gunnar Hoagland was born in 1999, which makes him like a crusty old man among the people that the Blue Jays drafted here um, in the first two days. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not seeing too many. Um, uh, again, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to look super closely at it. Uh, maybe Hunter Gregory is a, is a, looks like a senior signing who could, no, oh no, maybe not. He's a, he's not a senior. He's a junior. There's a couple of seniors um, down the, down the thing here. Uh, uh, Connor Larkin, sorry, is a senior who um, maybe is the kind of player that the Blue Jays could will sign for a little bit lower and then try to give some more somebody else some more money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's sort of how they game the, those teams game the game the draft. I, someone I saw somebody praising the Pirates for for their kind of off the board pick um at number 1 um with the belief that that uh given some of the uh, what they they chose Henry Davis, a catcher. Yeah. Um, uh, with the first overall pick, but there's uh, someone who said the the Padres have got four first round picks in their first four picks, which to say that like they got some high some good talent later on with the with the promise of being able to like throw money at them because they might save money by drafting uh, um, Henry Davis. Jack Leiter, of course, went number two to Texas, which is uh, interesting. Uh, Jack Leiter was signaling to teams that he really wanted to go to the Red Sox at four, <laughs> but uh, we'll see if I mean Leiter has a little bit of leverage. He could go back to school. He's only a sophomore. That's right. So he could go back to school and then come out again after his senior year, after one more year. But it seems like a, like a lot of risk to leave you know seven or eight million dollars on the board or mm-hmm. uh, on the table and go back to school just so you don't have to play for the Rangers. But you know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. sorry, what were you going to say? Um, no, I was going to comment the, the the kid that the Pirates took later on, Bubba Chandler, was mm-hmm. the super athletic guy. I remember reading Keith's write-up on him, and it was like he's a, he was a quarterback. I think he had he was committed to – um, a school to play quarterback also was a baseball player. And I think, I think it was like some other crazy thing. Like he was super athletic, but anyway, he he's, he's 
signing with the pirates, I think. And and that was alluding to what you said before is he was also like, he was high up. I think, I think Keith had him in the top, in his top 20 on the board and they picked him in what, like the second or third round, I think. Crazy. There are some, uh, also lots of Canadians taken. Uh, Tyler Black was a, what's that? Is that a compensation pick? Tyler Black taken by Milwaukee. Yep. And you can Calvin. read my full article on him up at the Athletic. Right oh, now. there you go, there you go. And then I'm recognizing some of these names from guys that I talked with Alexis Pernicki about when when uh, she was on the mm-hmm. show a few uh, a few weeks ago. Again, you you oh oh my gosh, sorry, I, I, this is weird to me. Oh, he hasn't been picked yet. Sorry, this guy I saw this guy Garrett Hawkins who is like a Canadian who goes to a Canadian school, goes to UBC. Imagine getting drafted out of UBC. That's wild, as opposed to just being a Canadian like mm-hmm. Joey Votto. Can we? Draft day. So I am, I have changed my perspective on the draft mostly because I don't have to write about it anymore. So I'm like a lot less engaged with the draft, as you can probably tell. And also, that was like the whole brand of the show for like five years. We were like, oh, the draft, who knows what any of this shit means. Um, <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, yeah, sure, the, the baseball draft, it's great. And it's a, the biggest day of these guys' lives. And, you know, and then the, then the work begins. But Joey Votto, who, is on a Hall of Fame career track, is above, above among the two or three best Canadian ball players ever. He got drafted out of high school as a Canadian, but a Canadian who went to school in the second round. He went to Richview Collegiate, which is like where you go if you want to take enriched French. And, you know, that, like that's what that school is. And he went there and played ball there and got drafted. Obviously, he played on, like, whatever, the travel teams. I don't know if even those were around as much. You know, I'm sure the Ontario – I know the Ontario Blue Jays were around then. But, like, he got drafted in the second round. That is insane to me. And uh, whoever drafted him obviously knew what they were talking about because he is on a Hall of Fame track and has, will have made $200 million in his career. So shout out to Joey Votto. What well, that's a that's a, that is that's the kind of thing we don't talk about enough. I think, and like just just what an unreal achievement it is because not not just any Canadian ball player to to do it from playing while playing here, crazy. Yeah, especially Truly. the especially the high school guys this year and last year, especially mm-hmm. missing missing out on so much playing time. You know, travel was not as easy especially from you know United States to Canada was not easy to travel with these scouts and and that and they didn't get to play then I think the same number of tournaments they usually would have played right like mm-hmm. uh, that's that's prime for those uh, high school kids um to go and, and play against the United States teams in the summer and whatever it is and that obviously wasn't possible and one thing is like I do know also the junior Canadian team do a really good job of of highlighting those kids and they play that game against the Blue Jays at spring training that tends to be a highlight for those players just because most of them grew up Blue Jays fans Mm -hmm. and they all get to go and play this one game against the Blue Jays. And um, so they've been missing out on that this past year. And so that has been, you know, I I remember before the draft, we talked to Shane Farrell and um, he, he he mentioned that like, yeah, there was, there was a lot, there were still challenges this year. Last year was, you know, sort of unprecedented but Mm -hmm. even this year it was still challenging and especially with yeah the canadian kids getting scouted the way that they normally uh are not getting scouted the way they normally would um because of the pandemic and so um yeah i remember i talked to a a high school kid 
last year. He ended up getting drafted by the Angels, actually. Um, but uh, it was only like five rounds last year, so there's just there's not as many Canadians went. This mm-hmm. year, I don't know. We'll see what the total total is. Um, but yeah, the guy I wrote about Tyler Black, he was a college he was a college student. So uh, I want I should shout out uh, Calvin Ziegler, who is a Canadian high school uh, pitcher who got drafted by the Mets in the second round. Speaking of second round pitchers, uh, a guy who actually was playing this spring in the U.S., which I think a lot, and that's something I talked to Alexis about as well, was like guys having to make this choice about going down and playing in like one of these kind of like baseball factories effect- mm-hmm. effectively, not unlike the, um, the, the basketball up here where I live in Orangeville, there's the athletes, in- athletes Institute, which is, uh, you know, where they're, they're, uh, what's it called? Axe, where they're cranking out, um, um, basketball players like Jamal Murray went there and, 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 uh, and O'Shea Brissett and a bunch of like high, it's a really high level basketball school. So they're doing the baseball equivalent, but in Florida, Georgia, wherever. So uh, shout out to Calvin Ziegler who got drafted and, uh, and shout out to, and, and he also played for the, uh, the Great Lakes Canadians, which is again, that was a team that Alexis and I talked about a lot as, uh, that's where she worked for them with them for a while. Now she's of course covering the game here at the end of, and end of her time in baseball for now for baseball, uh, with baseball America. So follow her. If you want more insight on every Canadian drafted from here, from from here to Victoria and all points in between. <laughs> yes. So I think that's the end of my uh, baseball draft knowledge. I don't know. I don't have anything <laughs> else. Well, who knows? Who knows? I'm, you know, I'm shout tapped out to all out the, too. Yeah, I'm tapped out. <laughs> the, the Blue Jays uh, have been through round 10. Shout out to everybody who's going to get drafted on, uh, on day three. I'm so excited for them. And, uh, you know, we'll learn their name when it's time to learn their name, unfortunately. And uh, maybe with the twentieth, with the twenty round thing, it will be more, maybe a bit more equity. I think, which is, which is something that, especially if you talk to guys who got drafted like in the thirtieth and fortieth round, they kind of, when they, especially when they get out of it. There's a guy, Drew Taylor. He's a doctor, and his his father was the Blue Jays team doctor back in the day. He got drafted. He used to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the intercounty baseball team, and I, I remember talking to him about it. And he's like. You know, he he wants to go to the big leagues, right? He gets drafted. He's not he gets drafted in the thirty odd round, and but he he gets down there, and he you know the bonus babies have one life, and then these like late round guys have a different life, and it's uh, again he if even though you, you think you want to go to the big leagues, you realize that there's still a uh, still two worlds when you get down there between the the guys who get drafted and get seven million dollar bonuses and whatever else, and the guy that gets drafted as a favor, like other than, mm-hmm. until they become Mike Piazza, which you yeah. know the famous fabled story anyway let's talk about the blue jays what do we want to talk about with the, the current blue jays? blue jays the current blue jays the blue jays made a transaction that mm-hmm. jonah and i talked about when last we spoke oh, uh, yes. and then and then trevor richards actually he got, got into a couple games and he looked uh pretty damn good i don't know the, do, you, uh, hmm? do you think his hair is gray or is it platinum blonde Trevor Richards? I don't know. I didn't notice. I okay. feel like men bleaching their hair right now is having a moment. That's what like, I, I... I was certain that it was bleached. Um, and then I was not sure because then I started like trying to research this. And <laughs> I've, I've seen references to him having gray hair. Um, but then it really looked more blonde to me on the Zoom. But then again... The lighting could be poor in their little Zoom setup, and it's also through a screen, screen through a screen. So I'm not sure, but that's why I initially was like, 
it's probably platinum blonde because I know that that's kind of having a moment right now. And like, mm. um, but also having gray hair, especially for women, is also somewhat having a moment. So I'm not sure. I, I, this is one of the things I've got to get back out there because I've got to answer this question. What? You got to ask his teammates first, I think. Well, I just need to see it with my own eyes. I want, I need to be there in person and see it with my own eyes. And then I will be able to know what color his hair is. I think you should ask his teammates anyway, because if, if, if watching that, the YouTube video when they were all, when, when Teoscar Hernandez and Vlad and Jonathan, Jonathan Davis, when they were abusing uh, George Springer for going bald at like 30 years old, um, <laughs> it's worth it just for that. Just if you can get them to start chirping Trevor Richards, even though he's new, right? Maybe they won't abuse him so bad. And the team is so young. So like, who's, who's old enough to, to do that? Um, as someone who's on Zoom right now and looking at you, um, I got it in looking at my own self in the in the mirror or in the in the screen. Mm-hmm. Zoom has got some built-in filters, even though they don't tell you that they're filtering. Like I don't look like this. I look even worse than this in real life. <laughs> but my hair, even though I'm much older than Trevor Richards, is not gray. So I got that going for me, which is good. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess the question is, where is where is your confidence level in the Blue Jays? You know, a, a smart, steady acquisitions like you know the Justin Barnes and Adam Simbers and and Trevor Richards like they they're not Craig Kimbrell but they can't help but but raise your confidence in the Blue Jays bullpen I would say um, as it starts to push other players further down the list and the return the imminent return of Ryan Baraki and then I don't know who else is left to come back you know some not all you know Julian Merriweather has gone back into hiding um, <laughs> the, Julian, Mer- Julian Merriweather the human cicada he won't be seen again for another 17 years, but uh, it was beautiful. <laughs> he made beautiful music when he arrived. Uh, but I don't know. Like, are, are you more confident about the Blue Jays on the whole? It's always tough. They go in and they play a weekend series against the Rays to end the first half. They lose two out of three, and uh, everyone's down in the dumps. Everybody's like, you know what they should do? They should trade Marcus Simeon. Not trade for Joey Gallo, but trade Marcus Simeon, trade Robbie Ray, which is, uh, well, that's just crazy, isn't it? I think so. I don't think that they're... They've fallen too far. Um, and I, I really don't think they will. I mean, they'd have to come out back from the all-star break and really just fall apart. And for, th- for the front office to sort of waver on making some acquisitions. And I don't really think that'll happen. Um, but I, I mean, the confidence level in the Blue Jays right now is a- a- about the same in terms of most of the team, I would say obviously the bullpen looks a little bit more steady right now. And I think the big thing with Adam Simber and um, uh, Richards is it's just other guys that Charlie can call on with this sort of first or second or third man out of the bullpen and still know that he has his kind of leverage guys um, to go to. And so it really helps him, I think, better map out a plan. And I think also better map out a plan for not just the day of, but potentially also know he has some protection for the following game. And it's still a bit of a delicate dance. I think like the blue Jays don't have a bullpen that is, you know, any guy you, you go to is completely trustworthy. I think that Tim Mesa has solidified himself as probably Charlie's number two or three in terms of trustworthy guys. Jordan Romano is the closer. I think, Dolis um, has sort of fallen back of being that trustworthy eighth inning guy. And I think they want to get him right or potentially hope that he can get right, um, start throwing more strikes and and just sort of, I don't know, commanding a lot better than he 
he has been, I mean, the stuff is still there. He still can generate a lot of soft contact. It's, you know, there's been a few hard hit balls, but it's really not that that seems to be the issue with him. It's just falling behind and walking guys and then having to throw a strike and a guy hits it out of the park, but it's because he's just not throwing enough strikes. He's falling behind. So that's with him. And then, you know, Adam Simber has been really good. Um, Richards has been, I think he only pitched twice. I missed the Saturday game. I was visiting my nephew. But uh, but I think that uh, Richards looked good um, for the most part. He looks like a solid signing. And he was really good with the Brewers, I think, like mm-hmm. really effective. And um, so that, you know, that and, you know, it's funny because th- that is also a, a guy who strikes me as a type of guy that the Blue Jays would actually really like, like if he had been a free agent or something, um, converting that type of arm into a reliever. Like he, he just kind of fits the Toronto model with guys they've sort of liked to bring into their bullpen. Um, and so I actually think that that could end up being a really effective, um, trade for, for, for now and the future. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I wonder that Ryan Brookie, I, I hesitate to say he's a bullpen X factor. Cause I don't know if it's, quite that much so it's certainly not like bringing in a a, a, you know a closer like Rodriguez or like Kimbrell like trading for that but I do think Baraki will help a lot it will give Charlie yet another option to use in maybe the sixth or the seventh he's a lefty he throws pretty hard he's pretty effective with the slider or slider cutter whatever he is calling it he's got a third pitch changeup that he doesn't use very much but it's still there so he's he is a pretty crafty reliever um it gives you an option there to maybe not use mazes every time um you know, Tim is throwing the ball like a maniac i know he's been excellent i mean he's, he's been so good he had like one bad week right yes and, and then he got he got sent down didn't he Mm-mm. no didn't no i thought no I thought, fun fact yeah. i i think i tweeted this a few weeks ago when they sent um trent thornton maybe you're thinking of them sending trent thornton down mm. but i believe that i'm correct about this that tim Meza is the only reliever, and I actually think only pitcher, who was selected on the opening day roster and has not been optioned or on the IL this entire year. Wow. Because Robbie Ray started on the IL, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Ryu's been on the IL. Steven Matz has been on the IL. Manoa mm-hmm. was called up. Yeah, like, go through the list of guys. Every, every reliever has been on the IL or sent down. Trent Thornton was the remaining guy who hadn't been injured, but he sent, got sent down. I think it's Tim. I, I'm I'm fairly certain it's Tim Meza. Um, and That's crazy. Uh, yeah, what a comeback story! I mean, if there wasn't some other great stories with the Blue Jays, Vlad, Robbie Ray, um, Alec Manoa, even um, Marcus Simeon, like it, Tim Meza's story is pretty incredible. Coming back from Tommy John, and and, and not just Tommy John, he had the he had the, another. I can't remember what exactly it was, but it was like UCL and another tear in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a 16 month recovery or whatever it ended up being. But anyway, it's, it's really great. Good for Tim Meza. So let me ask you this. You said, mm-hmm. you know, nothing, nothing short of a collapse, you know, would cause the blue Jays to trade say Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. Which, well, I don't even know that they would go as so f- that's an interesting question. Like, I don't know. Like, okay, well, ask me well, your question because I was going to say like a collapse when they maybe don't do much. They just kind of just kind of see what they try to see what they can do with what they have. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So what do you think is more likely from the Blue Jays in the second half? Is a collapse likely? Is a surge Likely where they start to win games at a rate that's more consistent with a team that is able to outscore their opponents by such a wide margin as the Blue Jays have as a team this year? Or is it more of the same sort of shouting distance of mediocrity? I mean, those aren't the only three outcomes, but like, you know, if they continue to score, if if their record catches up with their run differential, or they maybe make a move that sort of activates the whole thing a little bit. Uh, like they say, they add a powerful left-handed bat to the lineup that solidifies the outfield defense, allows them to go for defense on the infield. Just saying, um, like that's something that could really kind of set them into it into onto another level. Or they just kind of keep puttering along. Say thank you, good luck on the free age, on the free agent market to Marcus Simeon. Say Robin Ray, what's it going to take to keep you as a Blue Jay? You like it here, we like it here. You know, maybe this is this is a better fit. Not to say that Marcus Simeon isn't a good fit, but Marcus mm-hmm. Simeon's got to go get paid. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and not that Ricky Ray doesn't too, but Robbie Ray, sorry. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So I, I don't think a collapse is likely, right? The Blue Jays, I think, are to have too much talent to like collapse and become, and go even the route of the twins, right? How the twins have just like, who won so many games last year and, and looked the part and now have just, uh, they've st- they're starting to play a little bit better, but like they're out of it. Their season's over. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's likely for the Blue Jays, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm uh, I'm having a hard time convincing myself that like the like a big burst is is waiting to happen also. So I would agree with you and say that I think a surge is more likely than a collapse. Like if if those were the two things, um, I I don't expect them to completely collapse. Like I think there's just enough talent on that roster that and they play still enough teams that are just not as good as them in the second half um, that they will not completely collapse. I think a surge is harder to 
predict because A, we don't know what they will do at the deadline and what they will accomplish. And then, um, you know, the other thing is just, it's hard to predict how a team will play in the future. Um, I think that some, I, I think that an kind of a unknown or something, uh, an X factor for the second half, I guess, could be George Springer. Like we really didn't see the real George Springer at all in the first half. He missed, I believe, 66 games in the first half. Um, so he really only played 20. And you, you have to sort of even take out a lot of those 20 because he's still kind of finding his rhythm and he wasn't quite really playing at the George Springer um, that he had been for the past number of years and, and why the Blue Jays paid him $150 million to sign here. I think I looked it up today and like he still had um, a 99 um, weighted runs created plus. And mm-hmm. I know some people look at the average and it's like below the Mendoza line or whatever, but like he's still being productive he's basically at a league average level he he takes his walks he's not at the George Springer level yet but I do think that that will come like I I I do think that he will find his stroke and I do think that he could be and I know it's cliche and I don't like when people say like oh the it's you know when people say oh like a a guy coming back for injury is almost like a trade right it's like no it's not because like he was already (laughs) on your team like Mm -hmm. um but I do think it's fair to say that like he he will have more of an impact or we would expect that he would have more of an impact in the first or sorry in the second half than he did in the first half because he simply wasn't playing in the first half um so that to me makes me think that like they they have not reached their potential even the lineup hasn't quite reached its potential right and then you factor in a healthier bullpen like i think that um you know it would hard it would be hard to repeat how unlucky and unhealthy they were in the first half of the bullpen like they just like I laid out a few minutes ago like they lost everyone but Tim Meza um so that to me feels like the um you know that was just a really bad run of bad luck and maybe it's something to do with the guys coming off this shorter season and ramping up very quickly and whatever we'll, we'll never really know why that occurred and some some of it was just bad luck but and I think the starting pitching looks better now and I think it's in a better place now than it was in even April and May like I think it started to round into form kind of when Ross Stripling kind of um got got uh, his mechanics in order and hashtag mm-hmm. new new Ross was born um and uh and so that to me I mean and, and I think there's still question marks with the starting rotation but I also think that it there's there's actually less question marks now than there was in April to me, I think. Um, because I think Robbie Ray has answered one question, right? And I think mm-hmm. Ryu's been fine. And, and Manoa's another, answered another question of like, would Manoa or, or Pearson make an impact? And, and they are. So um, I, I still think, and I wrote this, um, was it last week maybe? And I don't know if you saw it, but I wrote about, ideal trade scenarios right and the the perfect scenarios the blue jays get a couple relievers a star a controllable starter and a third baseman like that would make them uh, a third baseman or joey gallo who can play third base sometimes <laughs> um so my but, thing you know, uh, my yeah. thing i've been saying and and and, and I, because you brought it up i want to address it directly mm-hmm. if the blue jays were to acquire joey gallo who is would who is not a free agent until the end of the next season joey gallo is your everyday right fielder now 
Okay. That makes Teoscar Hernandez, presumably, your everyday left fielder. You've now taken away at bats from Biggio, from the you've taken away at bats from the combination in my mind of Biggio, Grichik, and Guriel, which is not a bad thing. What I'm saying, my thought is, if you put Joey Gallo in right field, you now have a very good outfielder in right field. You have a, a very solid outfielder in center field in in um, in Springer most of the time, and then you've got you know if you if you have Teoscar Hernandez playing left field, you're fine. You've also got a very, very, very good offensive team to the point that you've solidified your outfield defense. I think, and this is maybe why I've gone in as hard on Joey Gallo, not just because he's a delightfully oddball baseball <laughs> player oddity. You can play Santiago Espinal every day at third base now because you don't need offense from third base because your team has which was already one of the best offensive teams in baseball, has made a significant upgrade offensively by adding left-handed bats. So you can play Santiago Espinal almost every day. You can play every time that Hyunjin Ryu starts, mm-hmm. Espinal's in the lineup. Every time Robbie Ray starts, Espinal's in the lineup. You can, play him every, you can play him every single day. He is the 2021 version of Ryan Goins in this scenario, which exists only in my mind. You can carry his bat. And I mean, while he's performed at an above average level, I, that's not, I don't think that's who he is. I don't think you can expect him to be that. But if you, ha- if you can solidify the defense on the infield with, with a very good third baseman defensively without, and accepting the hit that you're going to get from, from, hit, from, from taking potentially a step back offensively, although Kevin Biggio, again, like Kevin Biggio had 60 graded bats from the time that he came off the disabled list until so the injured list in the middle of the beginning of June until the end of June. He had 60 graded bats. He had like a 980 OPS or something over that time. Here in July, again, this is just arbitrary endpoints, but like so many people have been like, oh, because I got this. I, I was fighting on Twitter and on Reddit at the same time about Chris Bryant and Calvin Biggio. Some guy was like, some guy quoted his stats and he was just saying, these are the numbers from May 5th on. These are Biggio's numbers. These are Bryant's numbers. And then the, the, on Reddit in particular, these guys were like, Biggio's better than Bryant right now. And I'm like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Right? Like Chris Bryant, yeah, he had a little slump. But like to play arbitrary endpoints like that, you ignore the fact that Chris Bryant had like an 1100 OPS in April and Calvin Biggio had like a 400 OPS in April. It's not the point. Kevin Biggio, you don't need to trade him. Maybe maybe he if he helps get a trade done because he is a valuable player who does a lot of things really well, then maybe, then you do that. And maybe if you want to spell him at third base, if you got to spell Espinal at third base and you can kind of flip him around, get him in when you need him, that's fine. But to me, because of just that one particular player who's out there, potentially, although Jeff Passan said today here on Monday when we're recording that Joey Gallo was very likely to get traded, for me, that's the kind of guy you make all the moves for. And I think that he improves the run prevention in a way that makes the team straight up better. It just does. So that's one of the reasons I'm advocating strongly for it. I think it's worth upgrading third base. I think I'm like you, though, in that if the Blue Jays were in the market to acquire Chris Bryant, I would be fine with that. But I'd, this year's team, I think, needs still still might need a bit of a of a. Goosing. I, I, I like the idea of someone who might be around for the following season as well. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And I don't, uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think they're like one piece away and that piece is a third baseman this year. 
who's going to mm-hmm. walk at the end of the year. Like, I don't think that would really fix the Blue Jays because then, you know, it's interesting because I think like if you were to get Gallo, one, the factor was that maybe Biggio goes back in that trade. Um, I tend to think, I tend to be sort of conservative thinking in the sense that I don't think the Blue Jays want to trade Biggio. I just think they really like him. But at the same time, like, I don't think that he's at the level of like Vlad or Bo in terms of untouchable. Like, I think they would probably listen. Um, But I just think they really like what he brings. Um, But also like potentially you mentioned like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. losing at bats. Well, he's a player that potentially could go the other way as well with the Rangers. He has a few years of control or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, I don't necessarily want to just play trade hypotheticals, but I would agree with your point that like Gallo would fit the Blue Jays MO and, and strategy more because he does come with an extra year of control and he helps the team. And, and the thing with Biggio is that if you displace them a little bit this year, say in the scenario where they get, when they get Gallo or whatever, or they get some sort of third baseman upgrade or whatever it may be. And, and, and Biggio doesn't look like he quite fits. You have to remember, and we touched on this before, like Marcus Simeon, their current second baseman, I don't think will be their second baseman next year. And so then you you could have another, that's kind of how Kevin Biggio could slot back in is that he is a second baseman. He's played second base before. Um, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Are Which is that they're Bo Bichette the, there? Yes. The 22, yeah. the 2022 Blue Jays second baseman is a 2021 Blue Jays shortstop. But I, I, I interrupted. Well, who's their shortstop in 2022? I don't know. One of the other dozen shortstops they got coming up behind Austin Martin, the shortstop. Jordan, Jordan Groshans, he doesn't play shortstop anymore, does he? Um, I believe that was the thing. They were splitting them both. Well, then one of those guys. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, <laughs> am I? Mm, am I? Anyway. Uh, I don't think, no, I don't think he, they'd the, be opening day. That, but that point about Bijou is, is fair. And, and, I, and I think that, that he's more comfortable at second base. Uh, the, people who, uh, the people who are his fans would make that same argument, that, that it hasn't, it's been difficult for him to, to adjust to third base. Um, I think the arm strength thing that has kind of reared its ugly head at third base at times um, is taking care of at second base. But I think the other side of it, the, again, whether or not you're trading for, for Joey Gallo or anybody, and, and the thing to remember is you have to give something of value to get. And Lourdes Gurriel does not have a lot of value. So whatever it is that you're giving, like Kevin Biggio does have value. Kevin Biggio is a adequate, you could argue, easily argue that he's a league average player on balance because he does run the bases really well. He has great patience. He, um, uh, and he has flexibility to play around the diamond. That's a valuable player that you have to give, may have to give up to get something better yeah. on a shorter term. So again, I get the Blue Jays really like him. I, I have taken a jaundiced eye when I look at him sometimes, but I, I, I'm very cognizant of the things he does well. And that's why I think that maybe if he is a, if he's a guy, if it's a big deal and it's like we have to maybe make a decision on Kevin Biggio, obviously for me that's not a difficult decision, but for the Blue Jays it very much is. Yeah, it's interesting with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. because I think a year ago, even in this past offseason, he looked like a really good trade chip for the Blue Jays. Um and this season has been so up and down for him, and he really hasn't gone on that like long hitting streak that we kind of thought that he may. Um, I think I don't know. I haven't looked at his numbers lately. It's probably like hovering above like average if you looked at like weighted runs created plus and what he's been doing. And then obviously the troubles in left field. He has a 
excellent arm, but the roots are not always great. Um, and so, but it, you know, it's interesting, like, cause I do remember in the off season, uh, the idea of training Guriel was, um, bounced around a lot because it looked like he had quite a bit of value because he was coming off really good performance in the 60 games that uh, was last year's season. But yeah, I mean, like the Blue Jays, they are, you know, they do have some flexibility there with the outfield. And I guess like to Oscar, whether they extend him or whatever, there's going to be some conversations um, with the outfield because we'll see. But I, I don't know, like, I, I I can't really predict trades. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays end up just like focusing on pitching. Like I think that it's the logical thing to it's do. Fine, if you like team, yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Like their offense is not an issue. You're right, and I think like maybe you tweeted it or I saw someone tweet it. Maybe it was Jonah, but it was like an article about like how and I didn't read it, but I meant to. But it was like an article about like how the efficiency of like just making a really good offense is, is a lot better. Um, like if you already have a good offense and you make it even better, that's almost better than getting run prevention, right? You just outscore everyone. Why not both? Yeah. Well, why, why not, not both? both? That's why, why, not, I, that's, why not one of the top rated outfielders who also has like a 150 way to run straight <laughs> plus? Why not both? <laughs> and throw in um, Ian Kennedy and throw in Kyle Gibson. And there you go. Then Blue Jays. Big, big old swap with the Texas Rangers to fill everyone's needs. I think you're going to have to send, like, Jordan Groshans the other way, though. Texas boy. Do I look like I give a shit about that? Straight up. Jordan Groshans, Kloffenstein, <laughs> anybody. I've made this joke a hundred times, and I'll keep making it because it's funny to me that any of them, if they're from Texas, they are on the block. Grichik, boom. Biggio, boom. Out they all go. Guriel, Cuba, basically Texas. Off he goes. Whack. Make the team better. Make the team Rob, better. In I the think short Robbie term. Ray's from Texas. Is he? I don't doubt that at all. I think he is. The the Texas. Uh, there are a lot of people who live in Texas and a lot of baseball it's players. It's a big state. It's a huge place. I've never. I, I have been to Texas. I was going to say I've never been to Texas, but I have been to Texas. I've, I've not been, to, been to Texas. I've been to Houston. That's what you were saying. It was. It's Houston is hot and humid. It is. Yes, but the uh, stadium is pretty nice there. It sure is. It's got the well, train. That- were it not for all of the rampant cheating that happened inside. <laughs> There's so much yeah. weird water carrying going on for the Astros, even now, years later. Mm-hmm. No Astros in the All-Star game. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. I think that's all I got. I mean, I, we, we could go on. We could keep going on about the Blue Jays in the second half. I think we've kind of covered it. Like, yeah, you know, I think, I think a, a big upgrade could make a big difference like you said to to upgrade the offense you know whoever point you 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 whoever you quoted and and we've keep bringing up the 2015 blue jays as an example of like where it's like a, another bat another set of good at bats in the lineup was like a catalyst that's just like launched it all off right and i think that that the blue jays right now don't have a problem scoring runs if they can do something that can, can that can improve the run prevention and improve that offense then the pitching while the pitching gets healthy and they continue to, if they have an opportunity to make a few of these little, you know, marginal, smart, manageable upgrades, you don't have to go out and get Craig Kimbrell. You don't have to get whoever's the biggest name. But if you just start stacking functional relievers at one on top of the other, you can get ahead. You can do, you can be okay. And the Blue Jays, I think in April in particular, 
when they were, they, you could see what some guys could be, right? Anthony Castro isn't necessarily going to be the guy they thought he was forever. Joe Piamps is still around, right? Like, you know, guys like that, that, that can, when used in roles that are reflective of their experience, their track record, and their kind of current skill set, you can build yourself a good little bullpen. Um, and, and you've got a lot at the back with Jordan Romano. Um, there's a lot, of, lot, lot to like about this Blue Jays team, and I hope that they do have go go with a little bit of boldness, have a little bit of of, of, of bold flavors, and uh, and see if they can't just uh, make this year's team and next year's team that little bit better. We'll wait and see. We'll get getting close to it. We are getting close to it. Oh, we we haven't even talked about the home run derby. We haven't talked about Otani. Cam, the producer, was like, "Would you trade Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for Otani off air?" And I shouldn't even drop the bomb on the on this on the show because I don't want to answer it out loud. The answer is no. The answer is no. <laughs> I wouldn't trade Otani. I wouldn't trade Vlad for Otani. I think is the other way too. If the Angels called and asked and said, "We'll we'll give you Otani. You give us Vladimir Guerrero Jr.," I would probably say no. That makes me so such a ghoul. That's a ghoulish thing to do. Oh, fine. I'll just happily accept my extremely high level of production for the next five years instead of a unicorn, a literal freak of nature who's also leading the league in home runs. But anyway, why don't we save that for the offseason? That can be the offseason. Lost piece. the home run derby. Yeah, Otani lost the home run derby. He's out well, on Soto with a big upset. Yeah. Why is this why is this first round taking so long? It's a home run derby. It always takes so long. It takes forever and I, loses I it was steam. Only- I was yeah, I was like that that Otani Juan Soto round took so long. Well, they ran into a swing off. They did their extra minute and then they were tied and they were doing swing off. Yeah. No, it's just it, it all takes I mean they were supposed to like wrap this up by like ten thirty, weren't they? It's already almost ten. Now you know how late we record. <laughs> <laughs> um you got anything else for the folks? Are you taking some time off for the all star break or are you gonna cover the four Blue Jays who are representing? <laughs> Um, no, I'm not going to cover the game in any meaningful way because I'm not there. But we do have a lot of our writers who are in the United States that are covering the All-Star Game. So if you're interested in All-Star Game coverage, The Athletic has a lot of it. None of it will be coming from me because I'm in Toronto right now. But yeah, no, I'm not really taking any time off or anything. I'm just kind of at a slower pace right now because there's nothing pressing but i I have we'll have some look ahead like i'll do uh something looking ahead to the second half in a few days um and if you didn't miss it i had three stories up on sunday it was Mm -hmm. a big day for me so if you want to read about robbie ray if you want to read about the blue jays drafts selection um or if you want to read about tyler black the son of tsn broadcaster rod black shut up really how yes. did I not know that? I don't know. I mean, I know about it because I did a story on it. But <laughs> I, I was on vacation last week, so so maybe that's why I didn't know about it. Was I on vacation last week? I don't even know anymore. I did not know that Tyler Black is Rod Black's son. I'm that's mm-hmm. in, exciting to learn. I'm so excited then, to read your story that I have obviously missed. I see why <laughs> am I? Well, no, it just went up. I didn't post it last week. It just so we at the Athletic we do sort of we work ahead, and we all or a lot of the writers uh, are asked to profile um, a, a draft prospect that we think will go in the first round or the early rounds. And typically, like my strategy for that is, I like to pick a local kid because um, 
I don't know who the Blue Jays are going to pick, but it feels like I cover the Blue Jays and there's always a handful of really good Canadian kids, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, about, um, you know, who could go in the first round or the second round or third round. So I tend to uh, select. So that's why I said last year I did a story on um, uh, a Canadian outfielder, um, David Calabrese, I think is how you say her name. And uh, he went to the Angels. Anyway, so this year I, I profiled Tyler Black. And so when they get selected, then we post it. So we fill in the blanks of like was selected by the Brewers. So now you know, now the readers know uh, the behind the scenes of how we do that. So yeah, the story just went up yesterday. But um, yeah, Tyler Black, Canadian, he was picked, what was it, 37, 38, I think? It was in that compensation round. It may have been 36, actually. I don't know. Still, that's pretty cool. I did not know that. So thank you for giving us something to read, something to think about. Well, the Blue Jays, four players. I, I, I think, uh, oh, they're all, they're all going to get in the game, right? You think Bob Bichette will get in the game? I think so. I saw someone on Twitter note uh, it would be cool if they put all the Blue Jays out there at once because um, then you'd have almost the entire infield well, not the entire infield, but most of it, if you had Vlad at first and Semyon at second and, and Bo at shortstop. Um, but I know I know Vlad and Semyon are starters, but maybe there's like the third inning, they don't pull Vlad and Semyon out yet and they put Bo in and, I don't know, Teoscar stays out there. I don't know how they're going to do it. I, I didn't listen to Ke- Kevin Cash today and what he was talking about with all that. Um, but hopefully they all play. That'd be nice. What he is talking about is what he said, what the people want to see, which is Shohei Otani starting mm-hmm. on the mound and mm-hmm. serving as the DH hitting leadoff mm-hmm. with yes. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting second <laughs> for the American League. That's what he and everyone else wants to see. I'm so excited. Uh, that's it. I'm actually excited for the All-Star Game for that aspect of it, if nothing else. And I'm excited to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit second so that I have something to talk about because that's something that's been percolating. Yes, I was going to say that was a nice little preview of what Vlad hitting second could look like. And if he was hitting behind uh, Shohei Otani uh, (laughs) on the Blue Jays, that would be okay. That would be okay. I'm not sure who who the Blue Jays are trading to get Anybody else. Any (laughs) other human being to have ever worn the jersey. That's how good good, uh, uh, Vlad is. Is that any literally anybody else and any co- any other combination of other players? I'd be like, yep. And if they said we want Vlad, I would say, sorry, which is crazy. But that's it. It's crazy that we're still talking about this. Mm-hmm. I want you to everyone, if you haven't already, follow Caitlin C. McGrath on Twitter. She has over ten thousand followers now. Mm-hmm. Shout Look out at me. Look at you. Follow Caitlin on Twitter. Read the Athletic subscribe to the show and enjoy the all-star game it might actually be possible for the first time in a while so for caitlin mcgrath my name is drew fair service we'll talk to you next time on Spin. Out.